Hi, I'm Brenna Ardron, and you're listening to For Your Healing Pleasure. This life can be rocky, which makes healing a big part of it. I started this podcast as a space to explore all that promotes healing. Through the voices of guests, healers, and thought leaders, I hope you gain bits of inspiration for your own healing journey. I believe together we can heal. So without further ado, for your healing pleasure. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited for today's episode because we are going to be talking with my friend, Tina Duresha. Um, She is a breathwork meditation facilitator um, and healer, and so I'm so excited to be speaking with her today. Um, Tina, do you want to give a bit more of an introduction about kind of what you do and, um, yeah, who you are? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be here, and I would absolutely love to share a little bit about what I do. Uh, so breath work, I teach a style that is a two-part pranayama conscious connected breathing. So really what that means is we're tapping into the power of our breath and we're using that as leverage to, um, tap into the, the nervous system and really affect how we are on a cellular level. We tap in spiritually physically, and um, mentally to gain some balance and some healing in our lives and hopefully a little flow. Uh, And with the two parts, so it's just a simple uh, belly, chest, and an exhale. And as you know, it is so powerful. It changes people. Uh, It's simple, but not easy, right? Definitely. And what got you into learning that type of breath work. I kind of want to hear a bit about your backstory leading up to that place. Absolutely. So I came to breath work, um, kind of, I call it the, the back back door. So by way of uh, yoga and meditation. And so where I started in um, October of 2015, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was 42. I was otherwise uh, in good health. So if you looked at me on the outside, I looked uh, very vibrant. I was running 5Ks. I was doing Tough mutters. I was already practicing yoga. And, um, but what I was not doing was taking care of myself on the inside. And I very much believe that that is what factored into my cancer diagnosis. So I had all of the testing, I did all of the genetic work and that all came back clean. So what that tells me is it's environmental. And, um, so for all those wonderful things I was doing for my body on the outside, I was not taking very good care of myself on the inside. What and did... that kind of started that journey. Right. So what is that? What did that look like for you? Not taking good care of yourself on the inside. What does that mean? So that was, uh, I was a bundle of stress. Mm-hmm. I was always anxious. Um, I, worried constantly about what was coming at me, what was coming down the line. I was always trying to control my environment. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of time worried about what other people thought of me, how they perceived me. 
and um, it really built me to a place of, of sincere anxiety. Like it, it right down into my gut. I was sick all the time with uh, stomach aches and headaches, and I, I just um, was not functioning well on the inside. And I also spent a lot of time uh, denying myself emotionally the the opportunity to move it right like to be with it to sit with it to process it and maybe let go of it and so I did that for decades and it just compiled and compiled and compiled until it really made me sick and at that point then you are you're working so hard to just get a handle on a diagnosis right and the doctors are trying to take care of the physical side of it but what i really needed was the spiritual salve and that worked its way to me by way of um, a more dedicated yoga practice and Mm -hmm. definitely meditation when i couldn't practice physically any longer because of surgeries and all of um, those treatments that then led me on a journey of what else is out there? What What's the next evolution? And uh, thankfully, I was working at the time uh, with a wonderful woman who is a spiritual healer herself, but she was going to this wellness center and uh, experiencing these breathwork sessions. And she said, I think you're going to like this. I think this is going to be the ticket for you. You're really going to enjoy it. And I thought, ah, okay, I'll give it a try, right? Just going to go and check it out and see what it's all about. And that first time cracked me wide open. Like I absolutely had no expectations, but 15 minutes in, I knew like, this is my calling. I need to know how to do this. And I need to bring this to other people because this healing is so powerful. So tell me a little bit more about that first breathwork experience. Um, Because I had my own experience that was quite transformational being introduced to breathwork, but I'd love to hear what that first experience was like for you. So it was... I was in a group situation. Mm -hmm. It was conscious connected breathing. So it was the circular, uh, which is, is a one breath in and a one breath out. So a little different than the style that I teach now. Um, and it was, uh, about a 90 minute session and it included a ceremony of uh, cacao ceremony on the front side. Wait, okay. I want to hear about that more in a second because I've actually never done a cacao ceremony. Um, But it was, yeah, just I'll put a pin in that. (laughs) It was so cool. So um, we had that experience on the front side of it, but then we laid down to begin the breathing. And I noticed right away that I had anxiety. I wanted to control it, right? My my top two internal things that I was dealing with. And what I had was a really beautiful experience with the guide. Um, This woman, she, she's from Michigan, but she now lives in Colorado and she was coming back periodically um, to visit family and doing these sessions. And so she had brought with her all of this beautiful 
energy from all of the places she had studied. So Bali, uh, Costa Rica, mm -hmm. and then in Colorado and brought that to Michigan. And, you know, for us, we're kind of in the infancy here. I feel like Michigan's one of those places that's always maybe six months to a year behind the curve, right? So um, it was kind of up-leveling for me spiritually. I never really had that opportunity or experience. Um, we're in a very conservative area. Mm -hmm. So this was like <laughs> the next level in, in spiritual practice. Um, and so we laid down and she guided us in and my entire body began to shake and vibrate. Mm -hmm. Like it, it was, I couldn't control it. And that got me a little bit, um, even more anxious. And I thought, oh my goodness, what's happening to me? And then I had a moment where I had a download is the only way I can describe it, right? I felt like this immense presence enter my body. I felt light filling me yeah. everywhere. And then I felt myself like levitate. And then my, my spirit actually lifted me like ab absolutely just brought me to an entirely different level in a new plane. And at that point, I was maybe 30 minutes into breathing. So the body actually then, for me, my body actually relaxed. And I made peace in myself like I had never done before. Like there was this point that I hit where I let go of all the anger and the fear and um, the resistance I'd been having in my life up to that point. And I trusted that I was on the right path and I was in the right place. And this was going to lead me to peace in my life. It was going to heal me. Yeah. I just believed it like on a cellular level. Right. That's amazing. And that was it. It, it just blew me up. Yeah. <laughs> blew, blew my world right up. So I kind of want to talk about the aftermath of, so 15, you do this session, 15 yeah. minutes in, you're like, okay, I know that this is what I want to do. This is my calling. This is where I need to transition from. Yeah. Or this is where I need to transition to. Yeah. What was the connection point between where your life was prior to that session or like on the day of that session to actually... Mm getting training and breath work. So that process started, basically I went home that night, I started researching and I realized what a broad field this is of study and how many different styles there are. So it was really a rabbit hole for me. I went and I did a deep dive. I spent probably about three weeks really looking at programs I started looking at the people teaching and what was behind that. And uh, I came upon David Elliott, mm -hmm. who really resonated with me. His style is so intuitive and um, it, it, it brought me to a place just reading um, about how he arrived of transcendence. So He's written a couple of books. I invested in those books and I trusted uh, his path was the path for me. Like that, that was my launch point. And so that happened, that first experience happened in June. I made the commitment to his program by August. And then I had to wait 
until the next spring because that was the next time he was making uh, his uh, program available for the first three levels. Mm -hmm. So I had like about a six month lead up, I guess that would be from the time I signed on until training started. And what did you do in that six month time? Um, Were you, what were you doing for work prior or were you just like, Mm. yeah, before you kind of got into transitioning to this? So my background, my degree is in fine art and I specialized in photography, Uh, but I've spent a lot of years working uh, behind the scenes not just doing photography, but also working in other people's businesses. Um, so I was a, an assistant to a commercial photographer for a number of years. I also managed his gallery. And um, the last job that I was in prior to this was art consulting for a, a gallery. So creative field has always been um, what I've been drawn to. I'm, I'm a communicator and I I love uh, the expression part of art and how that connects people and changes people. Uh, But this, like, this was kind of that missing piece, right? This was the thing I was looking for. It was the flow you get into when you're creating art. This was that, that door to that. Totally. And so I was in this gallery setting and I knew I was going to be doing this training. My thought was I'll do both, right? I'll work in the gallery and I'll also do the breath work. And what has transpired is obviously COVID changed some things for us. Um, The training was supposed to be in person in New Mexico. And then that evolution because of COVID went to online. And at the same time, I had been furloughed from my job. So I took that opportunity during COVID to just do the deep dive. I took as much training. I did as much research as I could on the front side and um, really immersed myself. And I realized like there's, there's so much to know. It's not just the breath. It's everything around it. It's all of the things that people bring to the table when they're going to breathe. And so getting informed around trauma and um, physical, like the physical part of it, what happens somatically in your body, um, chemically what happens to you, all of those things factor in. And you could spend, I mean, you could do a PhD paper on just any one of those things, right? Definitely. I want to get back to, um, so me and Tina met at this online breathwork training, um, and it was amazing and incredible. I kind of want to take, go back to that moment of um, what going through training felt like Mm. to you, um, and then what the aftermath of like you are in training it's this beautiful juicy space where there's like so much energy being exchanged and it's so great and then the path to like launching your business (laughs) yeah oh my goodness there's so much there yeah (laughs) so as you know you and I that's where we met and it was this beautiful space 
it was not what I anticipated. Obviously, having shifted to online, I think the dynamic changed a little bit energetically, but the beauty of that was it connected people from all over the world. So I met um, so many incredible people, you being one of them, um, and several other people who broadened my perspective on not just spirituality, but culturally, like mm -hmm. I was exposed to like one, one woman in Dubai and she just shifted me entirely about, um, what can happen when you bring this practice, uh, to people who are maybe underserved populations, um, when you can really hone in and focus on a particular area, it becomes even more dynamic and even more powerful. Right. So that was kind of a gift in and of itself, I feel like. Um, I don't know that those connection points would have happened necessarily if it had been in person. Um, people do travel from all over to, to do the training. So um, I certainly would have been exposed to many people from the US, but I don't think it would have been as broad as it was um, all over the world. Yeah. So that was just a gift. Um, and it was a large group. So there was a lot of um, interesting energy and a lot of modalities that I'd never even heard of, you know, people bringing things to the table that it just blew my mind, things I'd never even considered. And so you can take breath work and you can combine it with so many other things, which I think is so beautiful yeah. about this practice. You know, if you're, if you're a Reiki master or you, you do sound healing, like all of these things can be plugged into each other. Um, so that, that in and of itself was incredible. Uh, so I, I did that training and then I immediately signed up for the very next level up from that, which was four. And when I finished that, I launched my business, like within a matter of weeks, I, I couldn't wait. I was like, this is, this is, I'm going to do this. This is my calling. So that, um, almost immediately, some things that I found out were, um, <laughs> it's harder than it seems, right? You're, you're launching a business. You're also, you're new to something. So you have the technology because I couldn't then practice in person. Like I had anticipated. My thought was I would run, uh, one-to-ones and group sessions in my area. But in actuality, what happened was I had to learn technology right. and my own connection points with clientele was much larger than I ever considered it would be. Right. So I have, I have a, a beautiful collection of people from all over, mostly the U S but a few people outside of the U S as well. And, um, that is, that's been a, another one of those beautiful surprises and gifts that I never would have thought I, I would be, um, uh, given really <laughs> the yeah. universe delivered. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that like the pandemic in many ways, it carried many blessings, <laughs> um, yeah. that were unexpected. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of things that weren't great as well, but I yeah. think one of the, the ability to connect with people, um, all over the place. I mean, me and Tina have never met in person, but <laughs> it's like, 
really cool that we've been able to connect connect and exchange sessions and talk about our own um, trials and tribulations of launching and all of um, all of that different stuff. Um, so I want to circle back really quickly. Had you facilitated for other people prior to going through the training? And no. Okay. Never. And no. what was that like that process of realizing your gifts for facilitating for others and like how did they show up in session and how have they grown also? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I really appreciate that one. That is one that, um, so when I started initially, my thought was I would do primarily the one-to-one is what I was after. Like that to me was the meat and potatoes working with people. Um, in person one-to-one and what I found I love is a group session to me I love holding space for folks together there's something beautiful and synergetic about people coming together and sharing that energy Um, so that was a surprise and again that group space online and learning how to navigate and hold space um, for people the technology part of it can be a bit of a challenge, but I've learned that um, you just have to show up, be willing to, to do it, and people will give you the grace if technologically it doesn't go off perfectly, right? Totally. Um, but what I've found I've, I've come to is two things. I love the quiet, meditative aspect. I love creating a space uh, for people to come into themselves quietly, um, both before and after the breath work. So that integration part of it has become so important to me. Um, Music, I love curating playlists and music is powerful. It has the ability to heal just as much as the breath itself. And um, I, I have been spinning off these. Um, so in addition to the breath work, I've been doing recordings that I actually love. They're called um, mindful stories. So I've cr- written, I've been writing and narrating and editing and doing sound. <laughs> so integration with um, my own narration and sound and sound effects has been so much fun. It's just like Which another I'm- one of those things I never would have uh, put my finger on as something I would enjoy. Totally. I'm so glad that you're doing that because one of my first sessions with you, I was like, she has to do guided meditations or recording (laughs) because you have the most like calming, soothing voice. That's like a combination of like soothing, but also like upbeat and positive. And I was just like, she has to do it. So I'm very glad that you're doing that. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been a joy. And actually, I would I really want to get back to writing the, more of them. I've had so many other opportunities coming up that I had to put a few things on the back burner and writing and um, recording those. As you know, recording takes a bit of time, sound mm-hmm. editing and learning all of those tools has taken me a little bit of time. So I'd like to return to that. Um, But in the meantime, what I've been working on is, um, so about 
oh gosh, halfway through last summer, I'd say it was August, I randomly came across a creatives workshop by a pretty well-known author. His name is Seth Godin, and he's tied into these workshops. They're called akimbo workshops, Mm -hmm. and they're very focused on a specific area. And this one was about creativity. And coming from that creative background, I was looking for a way to like plug in a little bit more to a creative community. And I thought, oh, this is a great way to do that. And so what it was is um, 100 days of writing and working with other creatives. Everybody's got their own project. You are accountable to a home room. So you get a cohort and they're all working on different things. It could be a screenplay. Some people are musicians. They could be writing books, but they're all working towards something and putting it out in the world and they become your accountability partners. Mm -hmm. So you're writing through prompts each day, you're encouraging each other, and you're helping one another as you're birthing these beautiful projects in the world, and you're making connections. And for me, one of those connections was a beautiful woman in the UK. Her name is Neha Swami Nathan. She creates mindfulness kits for children And she reached out to me and she said, you know, I think you and I have a lot of things in common. What would you feel about maybe writing a children's book together? And I said, well, sure, let's do that. (laughs) Not really understanding the implications of signing myself up for that and probably a good thing. (laughs) But it set me on a journey of uh, writing a children's book. And I'm very proud to say it will be out in time for Christmas this year. Um, We've had just, it's been a beautiful melting of minds. We've come together in a way where we use the best of each other's assets. And we've plugged that in and created something that's new and holistic. It's um, a meditation mantra breath workbook. Uh, that's sort of like um, a a choose-your-own sort of adventure for children. Which I'm so excited to see (laughs) and, you know, be able to purchase. We have a few new babies that were born this year. Um, Yeah, and in my family, and I am so excited to get them their introduction to meditation. Um, Yeah, I think that... That's something that I really love about your journey and your process is you've really um, taken taken on all of these different like trainings or new experiences that align with your interests and then integrated them together um, yeah. and in such a beautiful way. And I think the children's book is just one example of that. Um, do we need Thank to reset you. the camera or... No. Okay. We're good. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I want to, um, what was my next question that I wanted to ask you? Sorry. Give me a second. Um, Oh, I want to 
you did quickly talk about um, the way that like the super kismet experience that you had, if you're comfortable with the children's book, like you ran into the person who owned that children's store. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So for me, um, I, I sometimes have a hard time trusting that things are going to show up in the right time. And what has been very apparent and very clear to me is the universe just keeps showing up. And I, it's more about paying attention now and being open to possibilities. And so what's very interesting about that book is I have a very beautiful connection with a group of women here in my area. Um, there, It's a light weavers circle is what it's called so it's a group of of light workers that meet regularly and i was meeting with one of them at my favorite coffee house and we happened to be um, still kind of on the tail end of covid there so mm -hmm. they had renovation going on and we were seated out in this little side patio and and within this coffee house they used it used to be a newsstand as well so you could buy your magazine and and have your cup of coffee so they're renovating inside and um on our way out after we'd had our our little meeting um she excused herself to use the restroom and i started chatting with someone who's got a hard hat on she looked like she knew what was she was doing and um I said, what's going on here? Like, I love this place. I love this. I, it's, I'm sad to see the newsstand go away. What's going in its place? And she said, oh, well, this is going to be a um, fair trade uh, shop that also features uh, books that are all holistic and meant for children. And, you know, of course, the light bulb's going off. And I'm like, well, that's very funny you say that because I just wrote a children's book. And uh, she, her eyes lit up and she perked up and we had a beautiful conversation. And, you know, the first words out of her mouth were, we need your book. You need to do a book signing here. We'd be so proud to feature somebody here locally. Um, and let's, you know, let's do this. So I guess for me, it was just proof that I'm on the right path. Yeah. Like the universe is showing up for me in the right way. It's leading me right where I need to be. Um, totally. And it's over and over again, I've been finding uh, more particularly in the last probably six months when I've really allowed myself to believe like this is this is this is my path. This is my right. chosen path. And uh, if I just keep putting myself out there, it comes back to me tenfold. I'd, I don't have to work so hard. I don't have to pedal so hard. I don't have to prove myself like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and the right people show up at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that just following those examples and like those kismet experiences coming in definitely mm -hmm. are signs that you're on the right trajectory. Um, I want to segue a little bit into talking about um, what your kind of own healing practice looks like, I guess, like mm. what, how you keep your like hygiene up as a healer, um, your self-care hygiene, 
Um, if you've experienced any burnout from sessions, if you've made any adjustments since starting your business, um, what all of that looks like for you. Absolutely. So I think where I would start with that is maybe talking a little bit about going back to that cancer Mm -hmm. diagnosis, because when I had that diagnosis, I sat kind of in a, a stew of fear for about six months. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what I realized was I needed to put myself trust that my healing process meant that I I had to put myself first holistically. And that started um, for me, the ability to make the time to be intentional for myself. Mm -hmm. And that meant Um, the spiritual, the physical, and the mental. And so right away, uh, yoga, meditation, the breath work, once I found it, journaling is huge, um, which makes sense because I'm a natural communicator. Like that's that's my wheelhouse. Um, For me, I'm very much about art and the process. What I've discovered along the way is it's not necessarily about the outcome, it's the process and the flow and the discovery. Um, That to me is the beauty. So that's part of my self-care. And then physically, I think being in nature and walking, that's that's such a beautiful thing. being barefoot in grass or sand, um, really grounding. That's something that puts, puts my heart and um, spirit at ease. Mm-hmm. Um, so those things, like my non-negotiables, and today this is true, my non-negotiables are being in nature, writing, art, yoga, breath, and yeah. meditation. Yeah. Um, and then I, recently I've added sauna to that list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's another place I can meditate. Yeah. yeah. So that's all like what I've discovered is like the best time for me to do that is early. I never used to be a morning person, but once I really got into it and I realized the power of the quiet first thing in the morning before you've got uh, email and and texts and social media pulling at you. If you can be intentional, my practice now is an hour and roughly 20 to 30 minutes each day before I even think about any of those other things. Yeah. So yeah, and it's important. And oh, man, sure. has it shifted me. Um, I'm centered. I'm more pulled together. I feel like I'm not in such a rush and I can see the beauty in my day, um, you know, the gratitude for all of the beautiful things that just keep showing up, like you <laughs> in my <laughs> life. It's just so important. And I know people want that. They seek that. And you can do that for yourself in 15 minutes a day. You know, you don't need an hour and a half practice. Yeah. 15 minutes is all you need. Yeah. yeah. That I feel like, because you're planning on moving into doing something that's kind of similar to that, like introducing a daily practice course, right? 
I know it's still kind of on the pipeline, but if you feel comfortable, I'd love for you to talk more about that. Sure. So born out of what we were just talking about, I realized after talking to people that particularly post-COVID, they're talking about how much anxiety and stress people have. And now that many are working from home, there are just they're immersed in uh, particularly the stressors of social media, regular media, like the coverage of everything coming at them, plus their jobs, and they've been in lockdown. So they have no social, physical social outlets, right? And to me, I think it's so important to give yourself the gift of a practice. And that again, does not have to look like an hour and a half a day. It can be 15 minutes a day and it makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So um, my thought is bring that to people, make it a daily practice. You get to show up, you get to put your 15 minutes in. And if you want to do a little more too, uh, those, those will be available. I'll be recording things for folks to be able to plug into as needed. So it, maybe you're having trouble sleeping and you, you need um, a little help with some guided meditation. Those things will be available as well. But the day-to-day, um, I think the accountability is really important. Yeah. I love connection points with people. So for me, it will, will likely be a live recording 15 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. Um, just so folks know that I'm here, I'm showing up too, and you're welcome to join me or you can come back and watch the recording later. Yeah, I love that. I'm so glad that you're doing something like that because I feel like um, especially doing that, those sorts of long-term practices where you're committing Mm -hmm. to something, um, it's amazing what transformations can happen or what sorts of things you can realize Um, I want to circle back to, um, the cacao experience really quickly and what that was like. So that was beautiful. Uh, that was also something I had never experienced before. So it was, I got, I got a double whammy that day. Not only was I introduced to breath, but these cacao ceremonies, um, are pretty powerful. So, You have the ceremony itself, of course, which is um, a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. Cacao um, is one of those things that can elevate and lift uh, your your chemicals and brain chemicals that are delivered to just um, relax you, but also deliver even more of a powerful experience. Mm -hmm. So the cacao itself was brought back on... um, the woman who was facilitating, she had just been to Bali and she brought it back from Bali and they melt it. So that's a process. And then it's mixed with, um, uh, in this case, it was a, a, like a milk of sorts. And it's, so it's warm and you drink it almost like a hot chocolate. It's a mm-hmm. little thicker than that. But it's um, also a little more bitter than what you would imagine it to be. It's not sweetened like what we would, you know, think cocoa to be here. It's a, right. it's a little more of an adult beverage <laughs> in that regard. But um, it really, I can't believe how interesting it was and how much it enhanced the experience. 
I didn't feel it immediately. I think it probably took about 20 minutes and maybe that co corresponded and coincided with that moment when I had the download. Who knows? It could have just been the tipping point, but um, it was a beautiful experience and I don't know that it would have been the same for me had I not had the cacao as well. Yeah. So I was, I was super thankful for that. <laughs> I think there's something to be said too about like just the ritual of like a group ceremony. Mm. Like, yeah, I think that um, I used to take a ton of group breathwork classes um, pre-COVID <laughs> um, yeah. in LA. I don't know that they've really resumed in person. Um, and yeah, I think that there's just something to be said about like that communal energy yeah. It can exist virtually too. I've definitely experienced that, but I think there's something about like that group energy that can like really help with transformation or like elevating individuals' experiences as well. That's um, right. Yeah. I want you, I should have done this at the beginning, but um, <laughs> I want you to share like your sun, moon, and rising sign, human design, all that oh, yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> just because I think it can be helpful to yeah. people yeah, to yeah. kind of pinpoint like, oh, okay, that makes sense why, you know, whatever, all the things. Yeah, yeah, of course. So that was, um, it's that's beautiful that you bring that up. Uh, so I am a Virgo sun sign. Uh, so total type A over here. Everything needs to be in order. And there's always a method, you know. Um, my uh, rising sign is a, I'm a Libra mm -hmm. rising and a Cancer moon. Uh, so there's a lot of emotional stuff <laughs> bubbling and roiling underneath. Um, and in, in human design terms, I'm a manifesting generator and uh, emotional authority. So yeah. there's all that emotional authority coming That's up well. again. There are like a lot of points in like the episode, like just you talking and sharing your story where I'm like, there's that Virgo <laughs> trait coming out. Like that's definitely yeah. manifesting generator, like how man yeah. manifesting generators operate. But I think it's you um, have such a beautiful way of like kind of living into your design that I think it'll be really inspirational for people and kind of give them a bit of a pathway mm -hmm. um, towards that. Um, and I, one last thing I want to ask is um, you've kind of shared this a little bit, but what is like one small, your favorite small self-care thing, like something mm. that's bite-sized, easy to do daily? And what's your favorite like bigger self-care thing, maybe an investment <laughs> item or something that takes yeah. more time? Yeah, yeah. And I, those are also beautiful questions. So self-care wise, I think probably the newest one that I'm really enjoying is the sauna aspect. Mm -hmm. um, so just as a side note, one of the things I experienced through my treatments um, with cancer was, uh, so I was fed by estrogen and so they had to halt the estrogen in my system. And when they do that, they put you into menopause essentially. And mm -hmm. so I have a lot of fire, a lot of heat in me, a lot of like, 
you know, that boil and royal energy and the sauna, actually, it seems counterintuitive, but the beauty of a sauna for me is like, I really just get even more into the sweating part of it and release those toxins, push them out. And then I'll go do a cold plunge. So a cold shower instead yeah. of a hot shower. And um, it equalizes and, and gets my system back to a place where I feel balanced. So that's kind of my little um, quick, easy indulgence. Yeah. Is that, um, are you doing a sauna blanket or is this a place you go that has a sauna? I have a sauna in my home. Oh my gosh, you're so lucky. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, if you can't do that in your home, you can always turn the shower on in your bathroom and like really get the steam going in there and, and steam it up and get it hot. Yeah. You don't even have to get in it. You can just use that, bake in it for 15, 20 minutes and then get the, the cold shower in. So that's how I used to do it, but I'm lucky enough to have an actual sauna now. Yeah. So. How long do you do the cold shower for? Um, usually three to five minutes is enough. Yeah. It's just enough to bring that, um, back to e equilibrium back in your system and mm -hmm. levels things out. So I've yeah. been wanting to try that, but I'm so chicken. I've heard so much <laughs> like good stuff about like hot and cold therapy, but yeah. I, hate being cold so like yeah. even just turning the shower on cold like to do a little like I don't know like a cold blast at the end of your shower I'm like but I yeah. should try it um and then what's your like bigger thing investment Ooh, my big care in big indulgence yeah so oh gosh so it's kind of twofold for me I love to travel and when I travel, what's really important to me is immersing myself in like the art and the culture of a place. So, um, you know, art museums are huge for me. Gardens are huge for me. Um, any place that has history behind it is also like super indulgent for me. And it sometimes makes my husband crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I could do an entire day of just art immersion. I, right. I get so much from it. It fills me up. Um, and I don't even have to go far. So like this year for my birthday, he's taking me to this immersive experience. That's, um, we did one very similar in Paris a few years ago for Gustave Klimt. And so, my favorite yeah, artist. yeah, exactly. And it's, uh, you're basically immersed in a space that has all of the art it's uh set to music and so it's moving all around you and you're just consumed by art on every surface walls um floors and it's curated in such a beautiful way and that to me is just it lights me up yeah. just like breath work you know it turns something on inside of me that is just the spark of life yeah. yeah, I love that. So you guys are going to the Van Gogh one that's traveling. Yes, the traveling one in, uh, we'll be going to Chicago. So that's, oh, for me, that's yeah. a two and a half hour drive. Yeah, not just far. Just a skip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> where can people find you? Um, if there's any last things that you want to share as well. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. where can people find you and what um, what should they know? 
<laughs> Absolutely. So my website is breathelunazen.com. You can always connect with me there. I'm on Instagram as well as Breathe Luna Zen. Uh, and with this children's book coming out, uh, that our website is not up yet, but we are going to be launching hopefully within the next few weeks. And that website address is flipandflow.co. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'll link everything if the in the show notes. Um, and if you're live, then people will be able to go there to yeah. check things out. Um, Tina, thank you so much. It was so great to have you. And oh, um, Brenna, it's been <laughs> such an honor. Like, I just have to say, like, I'm thrilled to pieces to be one of your guests and so honored that um, you invited me on to share my story. Thank oh, you. Well, thank you. And bye, everyone. See you next week. <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs>